You ever watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Let's talk about the news. And the news in the House Judiciary Committee is bias against conservatives. Here's Jim Jordan making the case. I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. July 20th, 2020, Google removes the home pages of Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Just last night, we learned Google has censored Breitbart so much, traffic has declined 99%. June 16th, 2020, Google threatens to demonetize and ban the Federalists. April 19th, 2020, Google and YouTube announce a policy censoring the content that conflicts with recommendations of the World Health Organization. Now think about that. The World Health Organization, the organization that lied to us, the organization that shielded for China. And if you contradict something they say, they can say whatever they want. They can lie for China. They can shield for China. You say something against them, you get censored. June 29, 2020, Amazon bans President Trump's account on Twitch after he raises concerns about defunding the police. June 4, 2020, Amazon bans a book critical of the coronavirus lockdowns written by a conservative commentator. May 27, 2020, Amazon Smile won't let you give to the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defense Fund, but you can give to Planned Parenthood. Facebook, June 19, 2020, takes down posts from President Trump's re-election campaign. November 1, 2018, Facebook silences a pro-life organization's advertisement. May 19, 2016, Facebook, former Facebook employees admit Facebook routinely suppresses conservative views. We saw more interesting exchanges during the House Judiciary Committee hearing with tech CEOs. Here's some of that hearing. Uh, our goal is to offer a platform for all ideas. Uh, we want to give everyone in the world a voice to share their, their experiences and ideas. A lot of that is day-to-day -day things that happen in their lives. Some of it is, is political. Um, and frankly, I think that we've distinguished ourselves as one of the, the companies that um, defends free expression the most. The staff warned the Senate Armed Forces Committee that the Chinese military was directly benefiting from Google's work. It made me wonder what values Google and communist red China had in common? I asked myself, self, is it that the Chinese Communist Party imprisons Uyghur Mus Muslims in concentration camps, like it is shown on the uh, uh, chart behind me? Could it be that China forces slaves to work in sweatshops? Maybe they align on the design to suppress free speech in Hong Kong. Did Google agree with CCP's decision to lie to the world about the COVID-19 pandemic? The power these companies have to impact what happens during an election, what people, what American citizens get to see prior to their voting is pretty darn important. That's why this committee hearing is important. Look, we, we all think the free market's great. We think competition's great. We love the fact that these are American companies. But what's not great is censoring people, censoring conservatives, and trying to impact elections. I had questions for Google's Sundar Pichai. He's the CEO regarding their interactions with China, regarding their potential bias against U.S. police. Take a listen to our exchange. Mr. Zuckerberg, in his written testimony, made the claim that Facebook is an American company with American values. Do any of the rest of you take a different view? That is to say that your companies don't embrace American values. 
It's great to see that none of you do. Mr. Pichai, I'm worried about Google's market power, how it concentrates that power, and then ultimately how it wields it. Project Maven was a collaboration between Google and the Department of Defense that Google pulled out of, citing ethical concerns. And you made the decision to pull out of that joint venture following receipt of a letter from thousands of your employees saying that Google should not be in the business of war. My question, Mr. Pichai, is did you weigh the input from your employees when making the decision to abandon that project with the United States military? Uh, Congressman, thanks for your concern. Uh, as I said earlier, we're deeply committed to supporting the military and the U.S. government. We have undertaken several projects since then. We do take our employees' input into account, but it's one input. Uh, we make decisions based on a variety of factors. As a company, we were new in the cloud uh, space at that time since then. Thank you. I, that, that's a sufficient answer, that you did take their, uh, their feedback into account. And in fact, some of your Googlers have recently sent you a letter where they've asked you to exit other partnerships as a consequence of ethical concerns. They've asked you to stop doing business with American law enforcement saying that police uh, broadly uphold white supremacy and that, and that Google should not be engaged in any services to police. And as you well know, you provide some of the most basic services to police, like email, but you also provide services that help keep our cops safe when they're doing their job. And so my question is here in front of Congress and the American people, will you take the pledge that Google will not adopt the bigoted anti-police policy that is requested in the most recent letter? Uh, Congressman, we have a, a long track record of uh, uh, working with law enforcement when it is supported by due process and, and, and the law. Uh, we push back against overbroad requests. We are transparent about the requests we get, but we have a long history of following the law and, and, and cooperating no, with law I enforcement. I understand the history. I'm asking about the future. To the law uh, enforcement we, that are, that are watching today, can they rest assured that under your leadership, Google will not adopt these bigoted anti-police policies? Uh, Congressman, we are committed to continuing to work with law enforcement uh, in a way that's consistent with law and due processes in, uh, in, in the U.S. Well, I, I greatly appreciate that, and I know that will be very comforting to the police who utilize your services. You mentioned earlier in, your in the discussion about China that your engagement in China was very limited, but yet Google has an AI China Center. The Chinese Academy of Sciences has published a paper uh, saying that, that enhanced the targeting capabilities of China's J-20 fighter aircraft. You collaborate with Chinese universities that take millions upon millions of dollars from the Chinese military. Matter of fact, one of your Googlers, Fifi Li, while under your employ, was cited in Chinese state media saying, China is like a sleeping giant. When she wakes, she will tremble the world. The former Secretary of Defense, uh, Mr. Shanahan, said that the lines have been blurred in China between commercial and military application. And as Mr. Buck cited, General Dunford says that your company is directly aiding the Chinese military. And Peter Thiel, who actually serves on Mr. Zuckerberg's board at Facebook, said that Google's activities with China are treasonous. He accused you of treason. So why would an American company with American values so directly aid the Chinese military 
but have ethical concerns about working alongside the U.S. military on Project MAVEN. And I, and I understand your point about cybersecurity and those things, but Project MAVEN was a specific way uh, to ensure that our troops are safe on the battlefield. And if you have no problem making the J-20 Chinese fighter more effective in its targeting, why, why wouldn't you want to make America as effective? Uh Congressman, uh, with respect, uh, we are not working with uh, the Chinese military. It's absolutely false. I had a chance to meet with General Dunford personally. We have clarified what we do in what we do in China compared to our peers. It's very, very limited in nature. Our AI work in China is limited to a handful of people working on open source projects. And happy to share uh, uh, and engage with the office to explain our work in China. For Gosh, I mean, w when when the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff says that an American company is directly aiding China, when you have an AI center, when you're working with universities, and when your employees are talking about China trembling the world, it seems to really call into question your commitment to our country and our values. They want a ceasefire in Portland. Apparently, according to the mayor, the post-millennial has the story from Sam Edwards. Witless Portland mayor tries to call a ceasefire with America. And look, the situation in Portland is bad. We heard from the attorney general and the judiciary committee yesterday regarding the extent of the violence, uh, the depravity, the consistency of the attacks on federal property. And the, the mayor apparently wants a ceasefire. I think this was the same mayor that said that uh, he didn't want President Trump to send federal uh, assets in to protect our federal property. Well, that's not how it works, Mr. Mayor. And another thing, for everyone out there who's been saying, oh, these are peaceful protests, you don't need a ceasefire with peaceful protests. So pretty crazy stuff going on in Portland. If a ceasefire is necessary, that probably means that the endeavor that the opponent was engaged in was not entirely peaceful. So we hope that there's peace in Portland. I doubt the mayor will be the one to bring it. Okay, Boomer, we're gonna socialize you. That's what Andres Kuth writes for Bloomberg Opinion. And this is an important piece, not so much in that I agree with the call to action for millennials and Gen Z to socialize our economy and our country, but because it really is a warning regarding some of the dynamics that young people feel. Uh, the piece goes all the way back to the 2008 financial crisis. Um, I remember uh, being a young lawyer at that time, getting out, being in the job market, and a lot of different young people felt the wage scars of a contracting economy uh, that we had in 2008. And, and even beyond, as wages were not rising, as capital investment was leaving as a consequence of Obama-era policies, there were real negative consequences for young people in the job market. And that's meant fewer have gotten married, had children, saved money, made down payments. And the argument that's being made in this Bloomberg piece is that young people uh, see boomers as consumers and themselves as the producers and for the system to be more equitable in the opinion of this particular piece, they want health care to be universal, income to be universal, pensions to be reformed, and taxes to be simplified. So if we do not as conservatives uh, seize on the elements of these inequities to in fact simplify the tax code, to in fact create opportunity 
for not just millennials who are oftentimes in their mid 30s now, but for this Gen Z, uh, that we could see greater calls for the type of socialism offered by Bernie and, and even Andrew Yang. And so it's my hope that we could continue to make the case for opportunity and prosperity and markets. Uh, but with all of the challenges that millennials and Zoomers have gone through, uh, you are starting to see the call for socialism become more explicit, more frequent, and thus more dangerous. And that's why we have to confront those dangerous ideas with, I think, uh, a great deal of patriotism and reflection on why America is great. Because we produce things, because we incentivize innovation, because if you work hard, you can see rising wages and more opportunity. That's precisely the renewed America we saw before the coronavirus, and I can't wait to get back to it. A lot has been made of Bill Barr's testimony before the Judiciary Committee, and I just wanted to take a moment to reflect on one element of my questioning to him, and that's the risk that this Antifa-inspired violence, that this anarchy will spread beyond just these totally leftist cities on the West Coast, but into middle America, into places like my district, if they were to organize and to cause harm to federal property or to people in federal buildings. Here's what the attorney general said about the risk of spreading violence. Now, we are concerned about this problem metastasizing around the country. And, and so uh, we feel that we have to, uh, in a place like Portland, where even where we don't have the support of the, uh, the state, gov the local government, uh, we have to take a stand and defend this federal property. We can't uh, get to a level where we're, we're going to accept these kinds of violent attacks on federal courts. And if you did what my Democrat colleagues were asking, if you merely abandoned that federal property, allowed it to be overrun, allowed the people inside to be harmed, is it your view then that Antifa and other violent people engaged in these acts would simply stop, would simply accept that as their sole victory? Or is it your expert opinion, having dealt with a number of law enforcement and criminal cases in your legal career, that, that they wouldn't stop, that they would go to the next town, to the next community, and potentially inspire more violence? There's no doubt in my mind that it would spread. And, and what comfort can you give Americans in my district and around the country that, that you will stop this, that you will stop the burning and destruction of federal property, and that you, will, that you will give confidence to regular Americans that they can go out in the streets without the risk of this terrorism? Well, as you can see in, in Portland, we have uh, a relatively small number of, of federal officers who have been withstanding this for almost two months. Uh, it's a great strain, but we, we cannot just stand aside and allow the federal court to be destroyed. Does Joe Biden have squad problems? The Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib from the Detroit area electing not to endorse Joe Biden. John Solomon has the story at justthenews.com, and it chronicles the challenging primary that Rashida Tlaib has from uh, the head of the Detroit City Council, someone who she, I guess, was in a close primary against previously, who's running again, who believes that Rashida Tlaib's activity with the squad is replacing her service to her Detroit area district. But Rashida Tlaib taking the position publicly that she doesn't have to be for Joe Biden to be against Donald Trump and that she's just telling people to be 
against Trump as their leading motivator, but no endorsement for Biden. I think this is really a microcosm for the problem the Biden campaign has. No one's really for it. I mean, I guess there are people who are are motivated by whatever Trump derangement syndrome tends to afflict them at the moment. But it's not as if Biden himself has presented vision for a compelling candidacy. And it's evident that some of the most famous Democrats in Congress still don't want to endorse him, still not inspired by his leadership, still wondering when he'll get out of the basement, I guess. If you need a feel-good story today, know that there is a dog named Sundrop who, along with his 35-year-old owner, traveled the neighborhoods of New York City hunting rats. That's right, and according to the Wall Street Journal's Stephanie Yang, the service is more in need now as a result of coronavirus lockdown. Yes, even the rat population affected by the bat virus, with fewer people out and about moving around, the rats have felt apparently more free to roam the streets. And with increased challenges on local government budgets, you've seen some garbage pickup delayed or deferred to other days, meaning that the rats have more to eat. So an emboldened rat population has been good business for Sundrop and his owners. The Wall Street Journal bringing you the stories that matter. Go get them, Sundrop. I'm on your side, not the rats. Thanks so much for listening to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, leave us a review, and make sure to join us tomorrow for more Hot Takes.